You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Josh Hunter, one of the public benefits specialists at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today, we're talking about medical charges and how to spot billing errors. Joining us for the conversation is Angel Salucci, a family nurse practitioner and founder of Overbrook Consultants. Welcome, Angel. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for being here. This is a, a topic that I know a lot of our listeners are interested in. And just to jump right in, how often are patients overcharged or double billed for medical procedures and hospital stays? Well, sadly, up to 93% of the time. Our, yeah, our data, um, we looked at 26 years worth of data. It showed us that the medical bills that we reviewed, nine out of 10 of them were actually had some form of errors or blatant fraud. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, we're coming from that. Well, now that we know how often that occurs, these medical bills are difficult to read and insurance coverage is hard to understand and decipher. But what can people do to make sure their billing is accurate? Right, exactly. And I, you know, I think that the system makes them difficult to understand to kind of keep us in the dark, but it really is a matter of just being present when you're at your appointments, documenting everything that occurs while you're there. And then when you get your bill, you can actually look at it and be able to read it to see whether or not something occurred. So what I tell people is um, when you get your medical bill, start from the very top of the page, make sure that the date of service is correct. Because a lot of times you'll be billed for something and you weren't even in the office on that day. That's a form of billing errors called billing for services not delivered. Um, another really common thing we see is being billed for something that you did not receive. So, um, you know, you may have been billed as having an EKG done, but actually in reality, when you were at the doctor's office that day, you did not have an EKG done. Um, Another thing you can look for is the quantity, uh, how many items you were billed. So we call that double billing, even though it doesn't have to be just two, it could be six. Um, and an example I give of that is that a friend of ours that we were looking at their bills, um, he had a same day procedure done and he only had one IV. But when he looked at his bill, he saw that he was being billed for six of them. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes, exactly. But he wouldn't know that unless he was reading his bill. And then the third most common type we see is something called upcoding. And it, that sounds really confusing, but it's really just being billed for something more than you actually received. So an example of that is my daughter had her wisdom teeth out and her bill was $2,400. And when she read the bill, she noticed she saw another doctor's name on the bill um, and she had no idea who that was. Here she was being billed as having an anesthesiologist give her her anesthesia instead of the oral surgeon. 
So therefore, that's more uh, experienced provider, therefore a higher ticket item. She called the office. She let them know about that. And I always say, um, assume it's human error. <laughs> Don't go in you know, yelling fraud. It's human yes. error. We all make mistakes. Well, they said they would look into it and they did. And here it was indeed a billing error. The code was wrong and her bill was reduced from $2,400 down to $400. And, oh my gosh. Right. All she did was read her bill. And um, one more thing. So, you know, when we get our bills, a lot of times what we're getting is the EOB, the explanation of benefits, and it doesn't tell you exactly what you're getting, which is why you then need to reach out to your provider and ask them for an itemized bill. And the itemized bill will list out every single item and how many of those items you received while you were at your um, medical appointment or when you were hospitalized. And then that it is a little tedious because especially if you were in the hospital for a week, because you do have to read every line, but this is your money, <laughs> you know, this is your money on the line. So we always want to be conscientious of that and, and read our bills. For sure. Um, when I was working for the senior Medicare patrol, these are some of the same tips that we gave seniors to avoid Medicare fraud. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same idea, whether you're paying for it out of pocket or it's part of your government benefit. Uh, human error occurs, fraud occurs, it happens, and it happens more than you think. Uh, and these tips that you're giving are gold. It's, it's the same stuff I travel around Tennessee talking about, having a healthcare journal, writing down what's going on, and then trying to compare that with what you receive, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, that's all great info. Well, what would they look for to know that they were overcharged? I know it's not always obvious, well, just the the things you see the most are the double billing, not received, and then the upcoding. So when you're looking at your bill, always, you know, check the date. Were you indeed in the office on that date? Um, it would be no different. And this is, I try and compare it to looking at your um, grocery store receipt, you know, and that's kind of what an itemized bill is. And you're just going to look at it. Um, they make it seem so much more overwhelming, but it's not. When you get the itemized bill, just look at it line by line by line. Did you get this? Did you not? Did you get that Tylenol? Did you not get the Tylenol? Did you this doctor see you? Did they not see you? So it really is just reading it top to bottom and looking for those three major things. Now, um, you did bring up, I love that you said to take a journal with you and document. Um, <clears throat> so I've created this system, this framework and it's called the Dove system. And it stands for document, which you just said, it stands for document, organize, verify, and engage. Four steps, that's all you have to do to be a better consumer of healthcare. And the framework, <clears throat> pardon me, the, the framework, like I said, stands for Dove. And the first step is to document. You, we have to begin documenting everything that occurs from the moment we make an appointment or step foot into a hospital or a provider's office. Because when we get the bill six months later, we are not going to remember what happened six exactly. months earlier. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm thinking, because it's not like you get the bill the same day or even the same no. week or month, right? Right, exactly. And, you know, I always say, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, let alone six months ago. So, and, and documenting is what gives you a leg to stand on. Because let's say you didn't document and you were billed for something, they could easily say, well, no, the doctor said you did receive it and you just may not remember. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't write it down, which means I didn't receive it, <laughs> you know. So, documenting is the first step organizing, have one place where all of your medical billing related information is. 
It could be a binder. It could be a folder. It could be a filing cabinet. Just yes. have one place where everything is. Um, the fourth part of the Dove system is to verify. That is when you are getting your itemized bill and you're looking for those three most common types of billing errors and you're making sure the date of service is correct and you're making sure that if you get a bill from your provider, but your insurance company on their EOB says, no, they already paid that. Well, you want to make sure that you're not then going to pay that bill. So, so that's why we have to verify that. And then the fourth step, pardon me, is to engage. And the engagement piece is if you did find an error. So let's say you didn't find any errors um, and everything looked correct and the prices seem fair and okay, that's reasonable. Then you would simply pay the bill. Now, the other thing I tell people is never, ever, ever put it on a credit card. You want to ask them what their interest-free payment plans are. And they all have one. If they all participate with Medicare and Medicaid, they have to have some form of payment plan to offer their people. They just don't tell you about it unless you ask. Um, so that's the first thing. Now, let's say you did find an error. Well, that's what's that? Yes, yes. <laughs> and then if you did find an error, then you would want to reach out for to whoever generated the bill. So if it was a provider's office, ask for their billing department. If it is a hospital, you would ask for their billing department. But who I tell people, if you have insurance, who I tell people to go to first is whoever gave you your insurance. If it's Medicare, if it's Blue Cross, if it's Blue Shield, they should have your back because if you find an error, ultimately you're saving them money as well. (laughs) So they most times will put you on the phone with somebody from that hospital or that office and they'll speak on your behalf. So never forget to use them as a resource. And then if you just feel like you're not getting anywhere at all, then you would want to reach out to the higher ups, the people, the office of the inspector general and file a complaint either with the, um, um, with their offices and they'll tell you how to go about doing that. But, we, we, but the law is behind us completely. And that's, I think what people need to realize too, is that I know it's overwhelming and it's scary and we have to learn how to manage this and understand this, but realize you've got a whole fleet of law enforcement people behind you who want to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of and being billed incorrectly. That does sound really reassuring for something that's so overwhelming. Yes. And yes. this is something that ha- I have heard as a resistance point over the years and just kind of wonder what your opinion is. Uh, when I talk about things like healthcare journaling or, or hear things like your dub system and how well that would work, sometimes the common kickback I would hear is, well, Josh, you know, how do you journal when you were in like some of your most vulnerable states, right? Like, I'm getting in the ambulance because I'm barely conscious or diabetic and then I'm in the hospital and who knows what they did or didn't do. And, um, just kind of wondering what your response would be to something like that. Right. Well, you know what, when we are, um, <clears throat> I'm glad you brought that up because I feel that we need to know how to do all of this before we are in a situation like that. Yes. Um, to have a plan beforehand, preventative. And the little analogy I give is that, you know, when we were all in grade school, we all learned that should you ever find yourself engulfed in flames, you need to stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> like, right. we don't have to think about it. That's our plan. The Dove framework, the way we look at things differently by documenting, organize, verify, and engage, if we know that, like, instinctively, then yes, when we are in a crisis situation, 
we will have that awareness. Like you, you may not have a pen and paper right then and there to write it down, but you will have the awareness to kind of think, okay, I need to pay attention. Who's coming into my room? Who's leaving? What am I getting done? And all this. And then maybe it's the next day or the day after. Then exactly. you start writing it down. Yeah. Or that, was, you- that was always my response too, right? It's just then document as soon as you can. Exactly. Exactly. Or if you have a family member or a loved one with you, they're a caregiver, they could be the ones to write it down. And um, you mentioned the, the, the Dove system, the Dove framework. Like I said, that's the way we think about things. But the system that I've created, it's actually a binder that organizes all your medical records and your medical um, bills and EOBs, but there's actually a medical appointment journal and you, and it has scripted areas of all the things you should be keeping track of when you go to your appointment. For example, did you make any out-of-pocket payments while you were there? If you made an appointment with the physician, but you saw the PA, his physician's assistant, and when you got your bill, you see you were billed as seeing the physician Well, you wouldn't remember or know that unless you documented it in some type of journal to help you keep track of everything that had. uh, Oh, and then the other thing, too, is how many times have you left the the appointment and you're like, oh, my gosh, what did they tell me to do? I can't remember. Yes. (laughs) So it's practical there, too, right? Like to remember what you were told. Exactly. And then you can look at it when you get home. (laughs) Yeah. Good for a, a multitude of reasons. Well, so if you find a mistake um, and you have your documentation and everything, how do you go about proving your case? Um, I always, you know, it's the golden rule, be really nice to people. So just people want to help people that they like. So when you call the billing department, you can call them. That's one thing. First of all, I know we all say we spend hours on the phone with the billing department. You can call them if you would like and just be nice and say, look, this is the error that I found. Um, can you please relook at this? Blah, blah, blah. But What I really recommend people do is instead of calling billing departments and staying on hold for however long, your time is so valuable. You don't need to do that. Instead, write a letter, make it very succinct and to the point. I was seen on this date for this blah, 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 fill in the blank. And um, the bill, this is the error on my bill. If you could keep it to like one page, that's great. You want to send it to them. Uh, return receipt requested certified mail for two reasons. Number one, now you have a paper trail. If you talk to somebody on the phone, you know, you got to get their name and are they going to remember? And there's no paper trail and all this. Whereas now, if you have to press charges down the line, you now have a paper trail. This is the letter I sent. This is what I highlighted for them. And I sent it return receipt requested. So that's the first thing you have a paper trail. And number two is because by law, they have to respond to any written request within 30 days. So essentially, you just stopped the clock also on the whole billing cycle until they verify that indeed there was an error or there wasn't, but they will verify it with you. So you bought, you've kind of bought yourself some time and you're going to have the additional information to use in, in the discussion. Right? Exactly. You're not just talking in air. You have something to back yourself up. Exactly. Okay. All right. And now, are there steps you can take to... To guard yourself against these types of errors on the front end? Um, I don't know about that on the front end, to be honest, because I think our system is, um, it needs a lot of help right now. So I think we are going to continue to see these types of things until something changes um, internally, which is why we just have to have that level of awareness and show up with more autonomy and uh, more authority and just realize that, oh, that's the other thing I want people to know that 
doesn't matter the credentials of the person in that room. You are the most important person in the room because without you, the whole system does not exist. So when you go to your provider's office, don't go in with an attitude or airs or anything like that about you, but just realizing that you're the most important person in the room. (laughs) Like they're all there to serve us. So we need to just have that awareness of ourselves of what is going on. And if a bill comes in, then yes, that's when we will handle it. A good way to get around kind of that intimidation factor, right? Oh, exactly. Right. There's no need to be. I mean, really, if we thought about it, like if I don't come in, if I don't utilize the healthcare system, this the healthcare system is like this. All right. Well, I'll, all sorts of good advice in this podcast today. Uh, Angel, do you have any like final thoughts or last points you want to hit or reiterate today? Um, well, I would just, I don't, I, I do hit this hard, but just the Dove framework is a way of thinking. And now you all have that right now. You now know that you must document, organize, verify, and engage with every single time you utilize the healthcare system. That is like your superpower now. And then if anybody would like to um, actually have a physical system, so the Dove is both a framework, a way of thinking, and there's actually a system, which is the binder, the toolkit that I had mentioned, and then also the medical appointment journal, I would be thrilled to give your listeners um, a code where they can go onto my website, which is Overbrook Consultants with an S.com. And if they put in the code uh, TAKEUS25, I would be happy to give everybody, all of your listeners, 25% off. But again, oh, that's everybody- a big thanks. Oh, of course, of course. I, I want everybody to, of course, use the system. But more importantly, you all now have the framework. You all now, now know how important you are and how to think about things differently with regards to the Dove framework. And that will give you financial peace of mind, knowing you're keeping your hard-earned money where it belongs, in your pockets. Ah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, Angel. Thank you for for being here and giving us that information today. Of course. Thanks for having me, Josh. This is wonderful. I love talking about this. <laughs> of course. Well, well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 